Welcome to the OOO Ozempic and Semaglutide podcast. Get ready to hear from best-selling healthcare author, Dr. Josh Luke, as he facilitates a discussion on healthy weight loss and living healthy. And now here's your host, Dr. Josh Luke. Welcome back to the OOO Ozempic and Semaglutide podcast. I have a longtime friend joining us today who you are going to be astounded to hear her weight loss story. Um, you are going to just hear so many good tactics and things that will encourage you. Emma Fox, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Josh. Good to see you after so long. I know it's so good. And so before just, I want to have Emma introduce herself because her and I actually have similar platforms on social media, which is to help make healthcare uh, expenses, just help make healthcare more affordable for those in America, whether it's through insurance or, or their family costs. And if you haven't seen her LinkedIn, uh, I got to tell you guys, if you want to see like the sweetest professional picture right next to a picture where it looks like she's in an action film. Okay, go to Emma Fox, comma, CHVA on LinkedIn, and you will see her title is Anti-Buka, B-U-C-A activist. So Emma, tell us about what an anti-Buka activist is. Okay, that's a loaded question, but basically what it means is that I am committed to working only in an environment that doesn't include Blue Cross, United Healthcare, Cigna, Aetna, or anybody that looks, smells, or tastes like them. Um, I added the word activist. A couple of people felt that that was kind of aggressive, but I actually think it's important. I think it uh, shows that there's purpose and there's a mission, um, and that's what I do all day. Well, and I think one of the reasons I reached out to you when I started this podcast was it gets to the heart of purpose and mission and in, in what this show is, which is losing weight for mm -hmm. healthy reasons for a long term healthy lifestyle. And and so let's let's get to that, because as far as I know, you've never used the injections. You haven't had to because you dropped the weight four or five years before the injections even came to the market. So um, you came over from the UK. What year did you did you move over full time? Uh, 2002. Okay. And you went to the Northwest and then you mm -hmm. moved down to Charlotte, I think uh, a few years later. So somewhere in there, you made a decision um, to live a healthier lifestyle and drop some weight. Tell us that story. Um, it was more than a little bit of weight. So uh, I've actually been kind of chubby my whole life. I think I was a pretty skinny kid, but definitely as puberty hit, um, I started gaining a little weight. And, you know, the chunkiness that you get in that awkward period of life didn't go away for me. Uh, to be honest with you, it really didn't help that I moved to the U.S. Um, <laughs> as I'm sure you know, the yeah. portion sizes here are insane. The free refills on all the soda you can possibly drink uh, really added insult to injury at that point. And I spent most of my adult life uh, well over 300 pounds. And um, I was in and out of the healthcare system all the time trying to figure out all of these medical issues that I was having that a lot of doctors very subtly told me was related to my weight, although that's a hard pill to swallow, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, but eventually I actually ran into a doctor who was really mean. <laughs> and uh, I remember leaving his office crying in my car because I had had heart monitors at that point to try to figure out palpitations. I had body acne and sleep apnea and I was pre-diabetic. And he just looked me in the face and said, you weigh too much and you need to lose weight. Otherwise, you're always going to be sick. And um, I thought he was just the rudest person I'd ever encountered, ever. Um, but he did tell me very abruptly, just try to do one thing different for 30 days and see if you can just manage that. And 
I was offended enough that I kind of wanted to uh, show him <laughs> that I could do something consistently for 30 days. And I did. And uh, in the beginning, it was just counting calories. But I think I lost like 15 pounds in the first month. And, you know, that's a lot to lose. It, it just kind of propelled me. And then I did another 30 days and another. And uh, that's kind of how it got started. That's an awesome story. And I think probably one of the first tactics. And, and you know, I, I, I really wish more doctors would be that honest and candid mm -hmm. with people. Um, as a hospital CEO of all these years, I kind of liken that to when somebody's parent or grandparent is in their final days, weeks, or months, and nobody wants to tell them. It's like, well, it's obvious they're here. Why don't you just say it's likely they're going, you know, into their final days or weeks? And it's the same thing with obesity. Um, and I think you see this more as you age. All of these health problems are just compounded when you are overweight, and and certainly mm -hmm. in our country, um, that's not unique to you. So, how much weight did you lose? Total. Uh, total is about 150 pounds. I lost the first hundred in the first year, and then um, the second year I lost 50 pounds. Uh, more of a fitness um, routine. I actually went into professional competitive bodybuilding for a little while, um, and really worked hard to learn about how to sustain that kind of weight loss. Well, and I think that's an awesome plan. Not that all of us have the desire or the time to do <laughs> professional bodybuilding, but we no. have to a show specific to Ozempic face because that's where we first all heard about Ozempic, right? One celebrity mm -hmm. accused the other of being on Ozempic because they'd done rapid weight loss, which now there's a new term on the internet called Ozempic face. And I think we address that, that unless you do something aggressive like you did, which is, hey, in year two, I'm going to take a whole different approach, which is more... Uh, of a fitness approach in addition to the health. So that's cool. So it took you about two years to drop 150 pounds. Is that, is that right? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And so how long ago was that? What year did you say, wow, I, I, I have hit a new weight loss low. I dropped a whole 150. What year do you think that was? So I started, I met that doctor in uh, the middle of 2015. So by 2017, I was, uh, I was pretty much where I wanted to be. I was at my goal weight. Cool. Awesome. And so six years later, and mm -hmm. uh, two of them in a pandemic, um, <laughs> how many times have you said you have regained more than 10 pounds in six years? From oh, that? my gosh. Um, well, first of all, let me let me step back. So you, you hit your bottom and naturally your body's going to say, well, I'm going to I'm going to settle about seven to or eight pounds above that. Probably is that kind yeah. of what happened? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think they call it your set point. Your set point. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I tend to, uh, I have my set point and I, I usually stay three to five pounds in that range, but uh, the pandemic definitely was difficult for everybody and I am i wasn't immune to it either. You know, I spent a lot of time at home, the gyms were closed. Um, I started buying up gym equipment in an attempt to, you know, convert my garage so I could stay on track, but it was really hard. So I don't often regain, but the pandemic was hard and I, I think I actually regained about 40 pounds wow. in... Um, probably 2021. Um, and that made me very uncomfortable because it, it was above my set point. So there was some physical discomfort there, but it also gave me some, uh, some anxiety. You know, I didn't want to, I guess, relapse and, right. and go back to where I had started after having that achievement. So yeah, it, I mean, I think it happens to everybody and the pandemic was mm -hmm. particularly difficult for most of us. Sure. And, 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 um, as I launched the podcast, I reached out to Emma not to pretend that she took the injection because she didn't, but to really share with you, the audience, 
that this can be, this is really a mental battle, no matter how you're approaching it. And I'll tell you, and you've heard me say this on other episodes, when Martine, my wife and I first started, the first time we went out to eat, we usually will share an appetizer and then get a healthy uh, meal and either share it or each get our own. And kind of said, hey, should we get an appetizer? And I went, oh, wait, we can't do that because the injections are not burning fat. All they're doing is telling your brain that you're not hungry. So if you're still mm-hmm. the same amount of calories and nutrients and carbs, there's going to be a problem. And so one of the things that I love about Emma is she did this really in a way that she described as unnatural. And, and there's a, a mutual friend of Emma's and mine in the health benefits industry. And that is what um, Emma does kind of in layman's terms. She helps employers and individuals get access to affordable health care, uh, among many other things, as the managing partner of e-powered benefits. Um, she's also the founder of what's called the U-Powered Symposium, which I, I haven't been able to go to yet, but I've just heard fabulous things about it. Um, but I saw a friend of ours post something that's kind of in the space too, that said, Hey, instead of spending 300 bucks on, you know, Ozempic shots each month, how about you go to the gym or do something else? And, and she did it in good taste and that was fine. And, and it's a good position, but Emma in her graceful way shot back and kind of tell us how you responded to that with kind of a, uh, you use the term food noise and your natural approach. Just tell us kind of, it was such a graceful response and not argumentative, but you were really saying, hey, it is okay to take this approach if that's what's best for you. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's it's really unreasonable to just say, hey, you know, you're overweight, just go buy healthier food or just go get a gym membership without knowing anything about that person, what their means are, what their schedule is like, what their family dynamic is like. And as someone who comes from uh, pretty significant poverty, if you would have told me 20 years ago, hey, just go buy some healthy food, I would have asked you to, to loan me some money to do it, right? And so I don't think that it's it's that simple. I think there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of things that work against people. Not only that, I think there's merit in discussing the fact that being addicted to food is not all that much different than being addicted to anything else in your life. It's just that you can't stop eating food, right? (laughs) So um, I can completely resonate with the fact that there's this thing that exists called food noise. And it's, it's very, very desirous. It, it, um, takes over all of your thoughts, all of your feelings. And when it happens, and it happens to a lot of people who are struggling with obesity, it's really all you can think of. And my opinion is, if there's something available in the market that is safe, that doctors are endorsing, that helps people suffer less while they're trying to get healthier, I'm not sure why there would be any pushback on that. That doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't feel um, like a very human approach to take. And guys, Emma actually put together a program that you may be interested in. This is a teaser in the radio industry that if you stick around for three or four more minutes, we're going to tell you how you might be able to get your insurance to cover uh, the weight loss injections. Um, Emma, you use the terms good habits and routines. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've already kind of addressed that, but it's been six years. And and for the two years prior, it was probably way harder than the last six years to drop the weight is, in my experience, even harder than t- keeping it off. But um, one of the things I love about the last four months journey is when my kids are in town and we go out to eat and they order the mac and cheese or the lasagna, I have a bite or two of theirs. I, mm-hmm. I'm not binge dieting, which is how I did this through my 40s. And I could lose 15 pounds in a week and a half. And then I got to my late 40s and my body was like, hey, dude, 
you can't starve <laughs> me anymore and lose weight because you never eat carbs even when you're not dieting, right? Mm -hmm. So I got to my 50s, my back was hurting, my legs were numb, my wife told me I was snoring a lot worse and I wasn't sleeping well. And I just said, I need to do really what Emma did. I just got to drop that weight and keep it off for my health and for my family's mm -hmm. health, right? So talk about how how have you addressed what so what do you crave is it sweets is it ice cream is it what what is it that you just love i'm a fatty food person i'm like butter cheese cream based dishes i've actually never been attracted to carbs even when i was heavy i wasn't a big pasta rice bread person but i do like really rich foods so i tend to lean in that direction so how do you get your fix of those things without gaining weight back I enjoy them in moderation and, and it's hard. The moderating part is probably the most difficult. And I actually feel opposite to you. I didn't feel like it was hard to lose the weight once you're in a routine and it becomes yeah. just what you do every day. Um, it was pretty easy. I actually struggled the most with figuring out what to do when I was done losing weight. Maintenance is a whole different kind of beast when you're in uh, weight loss mode. So you're always worried, well, am I losing too much? You have family members that are telling you, are you sure you're not too skinny now? It's amazing the audacity that some people have. I remember being at work and someone came up to me and said, oh, hey, it's skinny Emma. And I made them so uncomfortable. I said, would you have called me fat Emma last year? <laughs> like if I was walking down the hall. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a real adjustment. And I think maintenance is hard knowing where your set point is and being comfortable with having a little bit of ebb and flow. So enjoy everything in moderation, but just maintain perfect control um, as much as you can. But I would say restricting it is, is setting you up for failure. And folks, you can, you can do this. I mean, look, look at Emma, look at her happiness, look at her position. Emma did this. Uh, her story is just remarkable. She moved across the country. She's raising kids. She's starting at least one business and a, a, an international event that she hosts each year, all in the, at the same time maintaining, uh, you know, a weight, a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle. And that's really, uh, I try to reiterate that as much as possible. I created this show to have 15 minute answers to questions for people who want to lose weight for the long term to live healthier. This is a living example. You know, you just said something too, and I interviewed a friend of mine yesterday that I kind of call case study number one will be the name of her show because we're just going to interview people who have been losing weight on the injections and hear their story. But she called it the clean plate club. Have you ever heard that? that you no. know, when you go out to eat, you're one that eats everything on your plate and it is a picker and you just keep going. And and I said, no, I need to use that term too because I've been a member of the clean plate club, you know, and they always say like, throw your napkin on there when you're half done, if you're full. And I feel like with the injections, Emma, that's what's happened. And my, my doctor and guys, again, I say this on every show, do not start these injections without consulting a physician. Emma's going to get into a program she created where they require that and all that. But um, my doctor said, hey, not only is all are all the studies coming back positive and they're actually showing new healthy benefits of reduced stroke and obviously helping with diabetes, which is where it originated, but he said, most of my clients are saying they're staring at their dinner. And that's where I find at dinner, I'll have three or four bites sometimes and, and be full. And, and it's, mm -hmm. it's odd that you're like, I feel guilty. I ordered this food. I should eat it. Oh no, don't go there. <laughs> Put it in a box and take it home. And I know I have a, I have a, uh, I love clam chowder. There's a restaurant we go to in Newport beach where I, I have to go have it. And of course, cause it's such a small bowl. I convince myself it's healthy. Right. But <laughs> my wife and I'll get a cup. We'll each have three or four bites, but we'll make that clam chowder last for like four days in the fridge because we're mm -hmm. taking bites at the time. So, so guys, you can do this. And Emma is living, living proof. 
Um, she is just such an inspiration to me and all that she does. If you don't follow her on social media, she's so fun to follow because she she just speaks from her heart. And if you've followed me for years, uh, we have very similar platforms, but from different approaches. Um, she's not afraid to say what's on her mind. And with that in mind, I did not know this, but Emma is an expert in working with companies to develop innovative programs to improve your access as an employee to healthcare benefits and to reduce their cost. And she's going to tell us now about a program she put together, uh, which uh, allows uh, individuals to potentially access semaglutide, of course, is the generic, the ibuprofen of Advil. It's the generic name for Ozempic, Manjaro, Wagovi, and there's many more coming. So she developed a program where you may be able to get access to these injections covered, at least in part, through an employer. So tell us about that program, Emma. Yeah, so um, I actually believe in a lot of the benefits of the GLP-1s that we have available right now. I think they've proven that it doesn't just shut down food noise, but it shuts down a lot of noise connected to a lot of other addictions. We're going to see a lot of data coming out about that, too. Um, the one thing that I kind of got stuck on was that a lot of clinicians are saying that these are lifelong medications, which is a pretty scary thought, especially if they don't reduce in price sometime soon, right? Um, so employers, uh, I think it's something like right now, 80% of them will cover these medications if there's a diabetic diagnosis, um, but only like less than 10% of employers are covering it for weight loss only. So one of the concerns is paying for it forever at 1800 bucks a month. That's a lot on an employer's plate. I work in the self-funded market, so that matters. Um, so we partnered with a company called BioCoach that uh, is basically a food uh, coaching company. They can meal prep for you. They can send meals to your home that are, are made fresh. Um, they do fitness and nutritional lifestyle coaching. So we partner with them so that our self-funded employers will cover these medications for 12 months um, for a patient purely for weight loss, but they are required to participate in this program. Um, there are weekly check-ins with a personal coach that they have to go through. So at the end of 12 months, they've hopefully had successful weight loss, but they've also learned what they need to do in their life when they come off of that medication in order to maintain it or continue on. And I, I think that's the key And what people are most worried about is you inject yourself, you lose a bunch of weight, that's great, but what did you learn in order to maintain that for the rest of your life? And so we just partnered with a program that is interested in doing the educational part and uh, employers will take on the cost for the first 12 months. Um, and hope the hope is that it will reduce uh, the more catastrophic stuff down the road, right? We're curing diabetes with these medications and other comorbidities that come along with obesity. So it can be really beneficial into the future, I think. Awesome. So cool, guys. If you want to uh, reach out to Emma, go to LinkedIn, type in Emma Fox. I mean, the two easiest names ever to spell, right? E -M -M -O -X. <laughs> um, see that that action shot figure what an awesome picture i don't know who, who helped you with that but what a great picture of you it's like you go from sweet to like i'm ready to crush the world um emma share with us we always wrap up our shows with um with one healthy meal you can kind of share with others maybe 300 calories or less kind of a go-to that you not only um have often but you actually look forward to Oh my gosh. Okay. My go-to is always breakfast. Um, a piece of Dave's killer power seed bread toasted with a spray of butter, an egg on top and some fresh shaved ham. It's wow. very low calorie, super filling and starts your day perfectly with uh, all the macronutrients you need. 
you just made me so hungry. That's an awesome one. I love <laughs> a good breakfast sandwich. So, so cool. Emma, thank you so much. It's so great to catch up with you. Uh, really appreciate your story. And wow, just amazing. Keep, keep going after it. I'm really proud of you and what you've accomplished. You're an inspiration for everybody listening to the show. Thank you so much, Josh. It's great to see you. You've been listening to the OOO Ozempic and Semaglutide podcast. Dr. Josh Luke is a PhD, but not a medical doctor. And none of his comments or comments of his guests are intended to be medical advice. Make sure to like, follow, share, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back soon with a new episode.